0: Trang Nova all the way in Bali. Stole, oh my show. goodness, it's Trang Nova. Oh my hey. gosh. Uh, <laughs> she
1: made it all the way from Bali. It must have been a tiring walk.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, this is the best welcome I've had onto any podcast. Really? Like, yeah. I've never had two people like celebrate me joining a Zoom call. I'm I'm, I'm excited
1: you said you've never okay hold on wait a minute then we gotta get official
2: oh my god it's train
1: nova the most muscular car and fastest ever she's the best ever and you should get your mind prepared to hear her speak oh yeah it's train nova
0: (laughs)
2: yeah hello guys how are you both uh
0: doing good i just had a power nap oh yeah (laughs) yeah
2: you need I had one a of those sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> I had a
1: power pick up my son from school and a power Zoom today. Is that the same? <laughs> <laughs>
2: mm. Yeah. Pretty motivating. Yeah. All right.
1: Yeah,
2: well, I had a I had a power sleep because it's morning here. What time is it? Seven a.m. So I had oh, wow. a power sleep. Does that count? It
1: totally counts. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a power nap, except much longer. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but you know what happened? So here's here's a little fun um, story from this morning. So I woke up at just before four a.m. Uh-huh. Not because the alarm woke me up, but because the whole ground and building was shaking what? because we had an earthquake this oh, morning. Oh
1: my, dude, are we talking and, about like earthquake level shaking or what are we talking well, about?
2: Here? Kind of legitimate. So it was seven point one on the Richter scale. That's okay. pretty decent. Um, I think that's the Barry. biggest one that Bali has ever had if not at least for a very very long time so it was legit I mean like you know not destruction or anything luckily so that's great but it was a bit of an experience (laughs) you should sound a
1: lot more like um what's the word I'm looking for terrified 7.1 yeah Yeah. you should sound a lot more terrified you sound really relaxed
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah because that was like a few hours ago so I'm like you know it's fine I'm still alive but at the time when the you know like I'm, I sleep naked, right? So I was like, I regret sleeping naked tonight because now I have to get up, throw on some clothes, and like run out, the, <laughs> run out the door because you know earthquake protocol. So
1: yeah, yeah. but you have your Catwoman suit, so you, the way you can easily put it back on, get out. No one has to get. Okay, that's pretty awkward. Um, you're out here with no clothes on. No Catwoman suit. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. <laughs> 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 so
0: yeah. Go ahead, Ken.
1: Oh. Bali, Bali yeah. is it? Is it like what is it? What is the temperature like in Bali right now? Mm-hmm. Like, because I'm I'm in I'm in Redlands, California. That's for those who are not really familiar with California, uh, Palm Springs. I can mention that word. Okay, and it's it's not like 120 or anything, but it's it's hot, it's hot as hell. So, what's mm-hmm. Bali look like right now?
2: Yeah, Bali pretty consistent. So we're in Celsius, so, so- someone's going to do the conversions. But it's, if you open up the weather app, it's pretty much 29, 29, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30 every single day, sunny, every single day, very consistent, very lovely.
1: Oh, I love consistency.
2: Yeah, me too. <laughs> love it. Yeah, right. And I'm from Melbourne, Australia, where, you know, we're known to have four seasons in one day. So it's so nice to not have to... Check the weather app just to know whether I need to bring an umbrella, plus a jacket, plus I don't know raincoat. I just know what it's going to be like every day here. <laughs> it's the
0: same. <laughs> Super consistency.
2: <laughs> California. Yeah, same, same thing over here. Yeah.
0: So yeah. Ready you ready, this, to- ready to do this, guys? Ready to do the show?
2: Yeah, ready to oh, go. Yeah, I just want uh, I just want to make sure we're all on the oh.
0: time uh, the time uh, thing here because I know you probably might have other plans afterwards, and I just want to you know just speed through this a little bit. But at the same time, have some fun, too. So,
2: Yeah, already having fun. You're listening to the 2400 Block Podcast with Johnny Rubes.
0: Hey, John, Lou Diamond Phillips here, LDP in the house. How you doing, brother? Hello to everyone checking out this episode of the 2400 Block Podcast on Zoom. I'm Johnny Rubes, and next to me is my wingman, Ken, a.k.a. cerebral so Corn and we are delighted in having a special guest joining us here today, the one and only Trang Nova. Now let's give her a major round of applause, if you may. And cheers to Trang for making us a part of her morning Now I just noticed the most coolest thing here, guys. We're all in different time zones and we're all making it work seamlessly. So thanks to you both on joining me here. So we're gonna have quite the show today as we'll be homing in on one of Trang's topics that Corn Chex here personally chose, which is how I overcame my quarter-life crisis to create my dream life. Now, before we proceed, let's take the first few minutes of this program in getting to know Trang Nova herself. Yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself, Trang.
2: Hello, and... Thank you so much for having me on the show. You're I'm, welcome. I'm very excited to be here and to spend the next hour or so with you. So a little bit about myself. Oh, Where do I even start? So I'm Nova, as already introduced. I am a mentor, I'm a speaker for those who are hungry to pivot and to build their dream businesses of impact. Now, this isn't what I've always done. I went through, as we will talk about over the the next little while, I did go through a quarter life crisis where I changed careers, I started this business and just completely did a 180 with my life, it felt like. But yeah, like I am so happy with what I'm doing now. Like I feel like I am serving my heart's mission. And in addition to having this drive and uh, and, and doing this for my work, I'm also like a, a fur mom. I'm also a traveler. I'm an adventurer. I'm... You know, I, I, I wear a lot of different hats. You could say, <laughs> and I love to I love to just experience and get a taste of of everything. That's who I am. That's my personality.
0: Cool, and it's, it's it's good to know too that you are part of the co- the podcasting community in which your show, the Align in the Performance Podcast, has over fifteen thousand listeners. Uh, what are some of the topics you've covered so far on your show?
2: Mm, there there are quite a few. I like to I like to speak uh, in. Quite a comprehensive way in that I like to cover a lot of different topics Mm -hmm. um, because I really do believe that when we transform as at the core of who we are, then that is going to trickle into every area of our life. So uh, I speak about uh, uncovering our heart's purpose so that we can achieve success that is meaningful and fulfilling. Uh, I I speak about how to overcome imposter syndrome and develop deep rooted confidence in who we are and what we do. Um, I speak on uh, changing careers, strategies to start and build a business, um, living authentically, for a free life. Uh, those are just a few of the different topics.
0: Great, and I, and I encourage our viewers and listeners to check out her podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other streaming platforms that carry podcast programming. Now, Trang, what was it like growing up?
2: Mm-hmm. As, as you may be able to tell, my name, Trang, is a Vietnamese name. Mm-hmm. Um, yet I have the most Australian accent that anyone could have. So I am the daughter of immigrant parents. I was born and raised in Melbourne, Australia. And because of that, it was a very diverse childhood. Uh Uh, I I got to have the experience of and the privilege of living in Australia. And at the same time, I got to have the, um, the traditions of Vietnamese culture in my life as well. So what that looked like is, Because my parents came from like poverty and they came from, you know, war back in, um, back during the Civil War in the 70s in Vietnam, it was really important for them to give me a life of stability and success. Like they, they really wanted to offer that to me and my sister. So there was a strong focus on academia. There was a strong focus on developing different skills and, and knowledge. So yeah, like I, I went to school, I did tutoring after school. I learned um, a music instrument, of course I uh, did a uh, sports and I got to experience a whole lot of different
1: said, things. Of course.
2: <laughs> of course. And guess which instrument it was? The piano. I was
1: going say- oh, to say, uh, <laughs> (laughs) the violin but I mean that would be the second one right
2: oh yeah (laughs) top two violin and piano for sure um so yeah like I I got to experience all of that um and it was uh you know I'm so grateful that I got to experience all that at the same time you know there was a strong narrative, uh, and my parents. This is what they uh, were. That's this is what they believed. This is the best that they um, kind of thought at the time. But the narrative was: you've got to study hard, you've got to work hard, get one job that will keep you secure and and keep a roof over your head for the rest of your life. And that was the narrative growing up. So um, that's something that I'm sure we'll talk about. When I went through the quarter life crisis.
0: (laughs) Great. Ken, would you like to elaborate?
2: Yeah, yeah, sure. So, yeah, like I said, that was a big narrative growing up, you know? Uh And and I think it's not just me, but it is the case for so many others as well. Like, think about such a common question that adults ask kids: it's like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Uh And it's implicitly implied that you know, there's going to be one career that we're going to be married to for the rest of our life. And that's the one. Um, So then because of that, I went for a job that I thought was going to be secure, stable, that was going to be uh, abundant in terms of finances so that was physiotherapy uh, and in America that's called physical therapy uh-huh. uh, and and that's what I knew because my dad was a doctor uh, my sister was a dentist so like you know health was a big thing in my family that's what we kind of knew so I went for physiotherapy because it wasn't quite like a doctor or like a, a dentist it was like super clinical it was uh-huh. still kind of like cool you know it was still kind of (laughs) cool I could work with like athletes I could work with sports so yeah I went straight from school to uni graduated with my master's of physiotherapy and then started working and I was generally comfortable and happy at the time Uh until one particular morning in my mid-20s that kicked off this quarter life crisis and that particular morning, are we are we ready to get into it now? Is, is, are we going there?
0: Oh, we're, we're about to, but it just turned out he just disappeared. Do you notice that Ken is not here anymore?
2: I did notice. I did yeah. Notice. Should we wait for him to join us again?
0: Yeah, he said, the tablet got overheated. Give me a second to come back on. So we'll, we'll just wait for him. And it, it, this happens, guys, even on live. So uh, <laughs> even when we're hit recording, this is what happens sometimes. Technological issues, te- I mean, technical issues, that is.
2: So. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's out of our control so we can just go uh, go with the flow <laughs> yes
0: yes indeed yeah. so so no more no more uh no more earthquake right no aftershocks going on right now it's, no, it's, it's quite a down now uh-huh
2: not for now but you know what's kind of concerning is well bali or oh, indonesia uh-huh. uh is a country with many different islands and many different volcanoes. Oh. And in 2 weeks I was actually going to climb one of the uh, active volcanoes here in Bali, the tallest peak in Bali. And I'm thinking is it a good idea to be climbing a, an active volcano when there are like when there's just been a big earthquake? I mean, I don't know the the whole science of it too well, but mm-hmm. it just doesn't it seems like a little bit of an adventure bit of a risky adventure but I did say I'm an adventurer I do love to be close to death (laughs) it makes me feel more alive
0: hey at least you're making uh you know life adventurous you know Mm. making the most of it even you know daring yourself you know taking risks yeah Yeah, that's what you know life is all about you know some people Mm. they just don't they don't do anything some of them are people just mutter and complain but they don't you know make the the most out of their life it's unfortunate yeah yeah
2: yeah, and, you know, like I think everyone has different values and th- they enjoy different things. So not everyone necessarily has to be riding motorbikes and yeah. climbing volcanoes to enjoy their life. But, you know, if, if you do look up to pe- other people who do those types of things, then that can be a sign of what you might want more of for yourself. So, yeah. What's what's something adventurous that you have done this year, Johnny?
0: Um, Well... let's just say i did it this afternoon and there's been so much going on in the city of chicago i don't know if you've been watching the news a whole lot but uh criminal activity has spiked Uh, and i was in one of the areas in chicago where it's really uh going up and with the new mayor he's not really doing anything sorry to to put all of chicago down saying that but it's it's true it's it's what's happening and anyone could get robbed or or carjacked at any moment and i was very very careful oh by the way he's coming back so here we go yeah I can't, by yeah. the way like i have before, to yeah. really watch myself
2: yeah, that's that's a full thing. Like, that would definitely get your heart rate up. And, oh, definitely. Uh, get into your nervous system. Mm.
0: I think the one event that really got me panicking was when I was in the middle of a looting back in 2020 when they had the George Floyd protests. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They were yeah. looting businesses, and I was, like, at a stoplight. They were all running back and forth, and I don't know if I was going to get, you know, carjacked at that time. Very scary moment. Mm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. I can only imagine that, you know, coming from Melbourne, Australia, like there's it's very quiet, I think, relative to over there in the in the States. So Yeah.
0: Mm. By the way, speaking of Australia, I do have a wonderful shirt on, NXS. <laughs> Great rock band, uh, over there and I'll show you back in its day, you know?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I love uh, that. Repping.
0: Welcome back, Ken. I, oh,
1: I said, Oh man, he's he's brown nosing. I didn't have my NXS shirt. Um <laughs>
0: <laughs> well you know since you disappeared for the last few minutes me and her were talking uh you'll probably see the rest of it on the podcast but i shall now pass the mic over to you so you can uh you know discuss uh deeply with the topic how i overcame my quarter life crisis to create my dream life go ahead ken um
1: you know it's funny uh uh I, I I now just so you guys know, if we ever do a podcast on uh-huh. your iPad and the sun, even if it is a shade, that doesn't mean it's not going to overheat. Thanks, Apple. I didn't know that. <laughs> so just tip for everybody. Um, yeah. And, and I, I chimed in. I heard you guys talking about it, seeing it pretty serious because of the fact that George Floyd and funny enough, my middle name is Floyd. Um it hit home because it was a very pivotal time as if there wasn't a bunch of pivotal times in the States regarding police brutality and all that. But I guess it was pivotal because it made more sense for everybody to start looking at things around us. So Mm -hmm. I think one of the more important reasons why I want to talk about the midlife crisis, because there's always a crisis going on, right? Like we're always, um, like in a position to want to do something, but don't feel like we're either able, or if we are able, we stop. You know. So when I looked at the the term crisis, and then we look at this term quarter life crisis. Now I'm I'm 46, right? <laughs> so quarter life crisis, as I understand it, is you know that crisis where you don't not sure you know what's happening between not, not necessarily not what's happened, that your direction is a little veered. So what, what exactly, how do you quantify, um, quarter life crisis in your term or what does it mean for you?
2: Mm, Yeah, that's a really good question. It's funny because I didn't really have a conceptualization of a quarter life crisis until I was already experiencing it. So for me at the time, what it felt like was this confusion and this feeling of being torn that I was at crossroads in my path and I could either take path A or path B, but I didn't know what to do because there was so much, so many mixed signals, so many mixed ideas in my mind because of what happens, you know, like I had grown up, um, my entire life with a certain narrative, you know, the narrative that my parents had given me from society, from media, and I had a very set understanding of myself and the world. And I think this is the case for many people, you know, you grow up and you're in almost like an echo chamber, you're in a little bit of a bubble almost for your childhood. And then what happens is you finish school you go out into the world you start you go to university maybe move to a bigger city maybe make more friends and you get exposed to just so much more out there in the world right and you know you start working and then you start to get new ideas and new learnings and new perspectives about yourself and the world so then you're starting to integrate these two worlds and that's oversimplifying it's not just two worlds but you're you really integrating just all these mixed ideas and, and understandings. And then it creates this, this overwhelm and confusion. Cause it's like, Oh my God, I thought this was who I was. I thought this is the path I was going to go down for the rest of my life. But wait, with this new information about the world and myself, now that I'm just expanding exposure to life and, and the world, maybe that's not what it's going to be. Maybe there's actually something else out there for maybe, maybe, uh, maybe there's something else that I need to become and, and to do. And then it creates this, yeah, just this crisis, you could say. Or uh, another way of looking at it is not not a crisis, but actually an awakening, you No, know, Like it's actually a positive experience. It doesn't feel I'm like it at the time. Yeah. Yeah, right, right? Like it doesn't necessarily feel like it at the time because it's very confusing and it's quite emotionally heavy. Um, but mm-hmm. on the on the flip side of that is there is an opportunity there for us to learn so much more about ourselves, to step into a more evolved, a more aligned and true version of who we're becoming and, and where we are going in our life. And that is how I see it now on the other side. Like I am so glad that I had this quarter-life crisis slash awakening because without it, I wouldn't be – living my own dream life and and showing up as the highest, most conscious version of myself.
1: Yeah, and it, and I'm glad you mentioned um, you didn't say enlightenment per se, but mm. it is I believe there's a few people that not few, but there's a there's people that this happens where they have this paradigm. You know, now we're talking science terms. And that paradigm is stuck because that was the micro system that we were born in. These are things that are be told. And then that shift happens. Some people don't actually have a paradigm shift. Others just go, I'm afraid. So fear mm-hmm. is what stops the paradigm shift. In your case, there's questions that pre- precede fear where it allows that fear to take a back seat. So what exactly, what was that turning point where you were like, wait a minute, this is what my parents said. This is what my community said. But now that I'm here in uni or wherever you were where you had that snafu, mm. what what was that changed where you said, you know what, that's not that's not the direction I want to go. I that's not that's that doesn't make me feel happy because happiness is the barometer, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And this is this is getting into that one morning that I was um alluding to before you dropped out, can uh, it? Yeah, like I said, I was working as a physiotherapist. I was generally comfortable, generally happy, generally doing well, uh, until one particular morning where something happens that changed the course <laughs> of the rest of my life. And what happened was I had gotten up to go for a run, and when I stepped out onto the sidewalk to begin my run, I hear a. I don't, I don't mean to
1: interrupt. You said. What was the, uh, you said a therapist?
2: Physiotherapist. Yeah. So physical therapist. Physical therapist yes. in the States, physiotherapist in Australia. I <laughs> like <Yeah, Yeah>. physio. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was my first career. That's what I graduated. Um, that was my degree at coming out of uni. So that's what I was working as for the first, I think, four or so years. Until, yeah, this morning where I got up to go for a run, stepped out onto the sidewalk, and I hear a crunch. And I'm like, what's that? What's going on? I look down and turns out I'd stepped on a snail. Now, this isn't the first time that I stepped on a snail before, and I'm sure that many of you have done the same, right? But for some reason on this morning, I couldn't stop thinking about the fact that I had stepped on the snail. And by me living my own life, doing my own thing, I'd caused such an effect on something outside of me. In this case, I had killed something and mm. this, really got me, this really got me thinking over the remainder of the run. I just couldn't shake these thoughts. This continued for the months that followed. And I started, mm. to, see, I started to see the bigger picture that I, as one individual person, actually have a very big footprint. You know, like the decisions that I make, every single thing that I do has the potential to create a ripple effect and change things God. that are outside of me and beyond me that I might never even witness or never even observe during my lifetime. Like, this is how high level right I now. went. <laughs> yeah. And it all started with this yeah. one snail, right? Like, completely whack. But yeah, that's where my line of thinking went. So then I started to see how much of an impact I could have. At the same time, though, I had this, you know, contrasting thought that, you know, I still felt very helpless, very insignificant Mm -hmm. because I'm just one person. Like I can see how the decisions that I make can contribute to worldwide uh, problems and worldwide uh, challenges that people face. Mm -hmm. But I'm still just one person. How can I ever make that much of a difference in my lifetime? So this was the crisis. I was just like, I want to do more with my life and I feel like I can. But at the same time, I'm just one person. I, I can never make that much of a difference. So then this line of thinking started to reflect back to me. And what I was doing at the time was I was going into work, you know, as a physiotherapist and I might be teaching someone how to do this as a wrist exercise for their forearm muscles. Right. That's like what I would be doing <laughs> during my day.
1: It wasn't motorbike.
2: It wasn't like. <laughs> Not quite, not quite. Um, But, you know, like wrist exercises or just like back exercises for their pain, which is, you know, going to make the world of difference for that person, for that pain. Um, However, I was looking out there and I was like, I feel like I could be doing even more, you know, I feel like I could use my lifetime to create greater ripples that will affect all of humanity, you know, ecosystems, like the actual planet. Like I want to be Getting to that level of impact, so then that's where the crisis started to really deepen because that started to affect my identity. I was like, I'm a physiotherapist, and I also teach wow. people uh, how to uh, how to train in the gyms. So I'm showing them how to squat, how to you know do some bicep curls. But it's like, uh, like is this it for the rest of my life? You know, is, is this all it's yeah. going to be?
0: You are more, um, than and that's, then that's I. The-
1: no, it's phenomenal. Um, I didn't mean to interrupt you, because mo- I, I would think, you know, for, you know forgive me and any listeners or you, if you. Going to physical therapy or physiotherapy is, wow, the Super Bowl, for, you know, after going to school, that's it. So to actually yeah. think of of to push that envelope further is a very unique, phenomenal thing. Um, And then the way you break it down is is amazing. So
2: um, go ahead. I appreciate that. Thank you, Ken. And, you know, this was all completely organic, you could say, right? Like no one was prompting this. This was just my own line of thinking as a result of stepping on that snail that one morning. Um, So I was just really confused because part of me wanted to do more and knew I could do more. But also there was all the fear and you know my attachments to who i had become which was a physiotherapist and i was good at it like i had been uh i'd been hired to do international talks i like that was my reputation of that is what i do and that's what i'm good at you know people respected me for it so there was this clash and you know i felt like i was getting pulled in different directions so i just remember feeling super confused and i i i asked my business mentor at the time because I was also kind of like starting my own you know physiotherapy business so I had a business mentor and he was also a life coach as well and I asked him you know what should I do uh like should I go out there and 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 change what I'm doing and and you know maybe do more activism maybe do more volunteering to have more of an impact and then what he said I remember was so profound he said trang you want to make a difference, right? Well, what if, not, what if you don't have to go on the front lines to make a difference? Like what if you could also take a step back and look at the big picture? For example, imagine you were in the times of war. Could you make a difference by becoming a doctor and working in the hospitals and helping the injured soldiers Or could you also make a difference by taking a step back away from the front lines and away from the action and becoming the person who tries to end the war? And my my mind was blown here because this whole time I thought that I needed to be like on the front lines, right? Like addressing the actual problem. But then there were other ways to make a difference as well like going to the root cause of the problem and not even necessarily dealing with the symptoms of the problem.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's very phenomenal. And, and the reality is um, if you're on the front line, and this is just my, my uh, perspective, you're actually distracted more than someone who is kind of like in the background actually seeing the bigger picture better than the person on the front line. So, and that's typically what a business, um, you know, person is, you know, a person who found something or they have, I'm a, cause I'm a visionary as well. So yeah, I can see how, you know, and most people are going to laugh when I say this, you stepped on a snail snafu. Oh my God. What did I just do? And boom, it leads to there, because here's the thing. It's going to take that one thing because you mentioned the word consciousness and I have, a, I have a reason why I'm saying this, that one thing is like a pebble in the pond to open up what was already there because everything that we are and we will be is already there was the question for your purpose to actually open up. It was that snail. So mm-hmm. if we're looking at the grand steaming thing, everything is consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. So for you, that, that moment opened up all of that going up to a, uh, you know, you know, I'll talk to your business coach. So with that said, and I go to school for consciousness. So if you're talking about, you know, I go to school for Ayurvedic wellness. What, how do you, what is the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning from a conscious perspective? Like to get from where you were at that point and transitioning into where you are now, what does your days look like every day when you wake up with that new yearn and what I call raising the vibration of the, of the planet.
2: <laughs> yes, I love that. That's how I see it as well. The, the key that I, I've really shifted in my rituals is creating space. And what okay. I mean by space is time, is mental space, emotional space, so that I can be in tune and intimate with myself. So in the mornings what I do when I wake up is before I open up my phone to open up social media and scroll or check emails or turn on the TV or the radio or anything like that I simply take 5 to 10 minutes to do some breath work and to um and to do some like meditations of different sorts you know it might be a visualization meditation where I visualize my <laughs> my mission right which is to in in simple words, kind of like what you said, raise the frequency of the planet. Um, How I see it is like, yeah, yeah, like raising um, the levels of consciousness of humanity so that by doing that, people can thrive in their lives. People can live their dream life. People can have an incredible uh, lifetime, but also then have capacity to spread their impact and their purpose. And then when enough people are thriving, then humanity as a collective will thrive. And when humanity thrives and the world will thrive for us all and for future generations. So that is my mission. And that is what I connect back to each morning. Um, That gets me out of bed. (laughs) That gives me meaning and purpose to live my days. And I also then look at other things as well. Like I, I look at my values, I check in with my core values and uh, i ask myself with complete honesty am i living in alignment to those values like over the last day over the last week in what ways did i embody those values versus in what ways did i actually act out of alignment with those values so those are just That's, a couple of examples wow yeah
0: That's amazing yeah you
1: actually uh you actually <laughs> you know what's funny this this uh podcast is so amazing for me because everything you're saying is literally where I'm at and literally Mm -hmm. I'm in that transitionary period too. And and trucking has been the thing that I've been doing because I said, you know what, if I'm going to be the best dad or whatever, I got to have the best income. Um, And as a truck driver, the main thing we do before we start our day is pre-trip. Pre-trips involves all the different things that come with the safety of a truck carrying 80,000 pounds. Right. So if you don't do this pre-trip and you knew you could have caught a tire that blew, that created an accident, that ripple effect. Right. And going back on what you said about that positive um, every decision, this is a very, very pivotal thing you said. And I read it actually in uh, Mihai Czech Mihai's book. Um, forgive me if I don't remember the title, but it talked about the, um, the evolutionary impact of things that we do now. So basically a thousand years from now, something that you did today, the decision you made will affect somebody a thousand years from now. So I came up with my own term, it's called a positive evolutionary impact.
2: But-
1: (laughs) Because it's like, right, you, you think about it. If you don't get outside of your outer experience, have that snow moment, you won't be able to go, wait a minute, is this purchase that I'm making here at I'm not gonna plug any particular brand, Coca-Cola? <laughs> it's an easy one. Is this is this process of getting this drink worth what is gonna happen? And that's a very huge thing. But with the trucking thing, pre-tripping, what do you like besides the meditation? Because I do the same thing, or actually let me go back. There was a question I was gonna ask you. Did you do those things before you had this um enlightenment? The um breath work, you know, the meditation and of sorts?
2: No, I didn't. Um and that's not okay. what was as in sorry, before the, the quarter life crisis, is that what you're asking?
1: Yeah, because um and I, I was on a train with a pre-trip, but I went back because I wanted to ask you a question about that. Yeah. If if you're you know you're a phys- you know physiotherapist and you had your own successful routine there, when yeah. you had this uh, fail moment, I'm going to call it, yeah. Use implement new things to your routine for this new journey that you're on, fulfill your purpose.
2: yeah, those weren't
1: the same as your routine back then.
2: Correct. Uh- I did have routines back then and I was a high achiever back then. You kind of have to be if you're going to yeah, I guess finish a masters and, and go into physiotherapy. But those routines right. at the time were very heavily revolved around the physical and the mental. And what I mean by that is okay. like revolved around like, you know, my my health. So gym and exercise and uh studying and reading and just in, in Increasing my mental capacity, uh, and that's what it was revolved around. But after this quarter life crisis was when I started to develop more emotionally and spiritually. So those other dimensions. Got it. So then I could start to bring in these different practices that will allow me to still have success because I'm working hard and I'm showing up in this world, but I'm actually aligning it to a greater purpose, a greater meaning. Okay and more intention okay. to who I want to be, not just what I do. What you do. And, and that's, yeah. and
1: again, that's great. I'm probably not going to hit too much on the pre-trip part, but I think that's important because we all, I believe, and again, I, I won't be able to speak for the whole world because different, you know, cultures have different ways of looking at things, but for the most part in all my understanding, we're, shown these are things that we got to do and that's what matters Mm -hmm. but when you have that spiritual connection to the actual physiological or the matter um then you begin to look at the energy aspect of ourselves you know and you're going wait a minute that wasn't even being tapped into so you you are now in this place where you're getting a chance to really take on the full brunt of yourself when exactly did this crisis happen in relation to where we are right now
2: Mm. that was i have to really think now that was in 2019 so just before covid hit so four years ago now um so i was just i was 24 years old and then now i'm 28 years old (laughs) giving away my age Mm.
1: you And you didn't have to, but um, your honesty is always appreciated because at the end of the day, yeah. we're in a servitude business, right? So yeah, I'm an open your- book.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I too. And I'm actually very flabbergasted because I literally feel like I'm talking to myself here because everything down to the notch has been my, literally my turnaround point for asking questions so many times over and over came 2019 about the same thing as when I but for me it wasn't snail it was a mindful The word mindful. Mm. And it took on a whole nother thing, which that's another show. And it's not about me. But um, given that you're in the the human servitude business, which I think we all should be but in this case, it's very purposeful. Do you find self care and self love a little harder? Because, you know, now as you get into that place where you're recognizing more, you're, you know, more attention's getting, you're getting pulled in different directions. Does it become harder?
2: Yeah, that's a great question because that can be the case, can't it? You know, like, you know, parents or people who are serving others are more inclined and can become inclined to put others ahead of them. For me, I've actually always really uh, prioritized my own care. Um, In that, I haven't actually mentioned this, but when I was working as a physiotherapist, I was also working as a personal trainer. So like, for example, oh. exercise has always been a big part of my life. Health. So that includes sleeping and eating actually. well. All those things has always been a big uh, role in my day-to-day routines. And, and even since then, I've actually developed this perspective that maybe, Controversial in that it's not the usual perception of what self care is. So, self care to me isn't just, you know, face masks and getting massages and things like that. And of course, <laughs> that is very lovely. I got a massage last in, week.
1: In, my, in my therapy sessions. It technically is the most simplest thing, like <laughs> brush your teeth. Oh my God, that is success for the day. I brush my teeth. <laughs> but no, yeah. you're on another level. So. <laughs>
2: Yeah, all those things, it's not just that, but all that is very lovely as well. And it does give us that little kick, right? You know, when you can run your right. tongue along your teeth and it's all smooth. Oh, right. Beautiful. <laughs> um, to me, what self-care is also about is about developing long-term self-worth and self-respect. Because we can do like ma- like the massages, we can do the the face masks, but if deep down on an ongoing basis we are lacking true self-respect and self-worth, then we're not actually caring for ourselves. And how do we develop self-worth and self-respect? Well, just look at other people who we respect and who we look up to. Why do we look up to them? Maybe because they look after themselves. Maybe because they follow through with what they say they do. Maybe because they exhibit mm-hmm. traits of discipline and um, – you know, hard work and they do hard things that we would like to do ourselves. So to me, self-care actually encapsulates discipline, (laughs) hard work, like doing hard things, Mm. doing new things that challenge us to continually grow. So for example, last year, I started having cold showers and Mm. that to me was self-care in that I was doing something a little bit hard every day. And it raised my own sense of self it, it it went into a deeper level of self-respect that ultimately is the site the highest form of self-care is if we can wow. create a practice that that allows us to respect ourselves and to love ourselves, then is that mm-hmm. not the highest form of self-care?
1: The the hard part yes um, I'll be honest with you. Um, I'm a military guy um, Navy. And all I know from Navy till now uh, is keeping it pushing hard. Hard, to me, is the most funnest part of life. How hard things can be, and once I... But I've realized the self-love part, far missing. Because when you get a, you know, in the military and they're telling you mission first, your shipmate first, and all these other people first, then, because you just mentioned the highest form of self-care. A lot of people don't even know what self-care is in general. So like, where where is your, con- like what is Train Nova conscious, what does is, what is consciousness look like from your perspective now that you kind of changed it? Like where it's not just, I'm a physiotherapist and I go and I speak and I do things, I do them hard. and And if you superseded that, like, what is your mindset from a conscious a consciousness perspective? Looking forward.
2: Mm, yeah, and before I even um, answer that, like, thank you for sharing that, Ken. I think that that's actually a really great perspective because I was saying that you know doing the hard things and having discipline to meet. Leads to self-respect, but maybe not always, right? Because self-respect, mm-hmm. self-love is multidimensional. It's never just going to be one thing. And if you tick that off, then yep, you've got this. Um, the, the, mm-hmm. it, it's multidimensional. There are other aspects as well. Like we've got to be doing it from a place of we want to. Uh, nurture ourselves and and love ourselves more rather than punishing ourselves because that Mm. can be a motivation for someone to do hard things as well that they hate themselves so they want to punish themselves they don't deserve pleasure in life so there's got to have the we've got to have the polarity of both of like you know doing the hard things doing the discipline but also enjoying the pleasures of life as well and like i said at the start i'm big on that i love to do everything. <laughs> I love to, you know, <laughs> travel and go scuba diving and ride my motorbike really fast down the highway, but also, yeah, do the, do some of the hard things. Um, so now to answer your question.
1: You're okay. Go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> were you gonna
2: say something, Ken?
1: No. Um I, I was I was actually just salivating on what you said because most people and I say most people because I'm really generalized when I say that because that's all I've known is that hard work is associated with success, hard work. So what do you mean? That's not it. And some people say differently, but um, yeah, I was just really just, you know, connecting on what you, what you, when you expounded upon it, but um, go ahead and answer the question.
2: <laughs> okay. You know what? Can I be a pain because, because I've now diverted the conversation. I no, no, no. I love that question. Opera. I love it. <laughs> and just so you know, just for our audience and everybody that will ever
1: hear from me, and maybe you will say the same. I have ADHD. So off-tracking is a lot easier. So I don't mind it. <laughs> so go ahead.
2: Cool. 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 Um, and, and then what I was going to say was because I did divert the conversation, I've kind of now forgotten the exact question. So can I be yeah, able to repeat it?
1: No. You no. Know, so what I was asking was um with that mindset comes, an, I guess, a higher self. So like like who are you from a consciousness perspective now that it's not just your outer experience and what matters is my biggest achievement in, um, you know, physiotherapy. Like what is, what is your consciousness perspective now? Mm.
2: Consciousness perspective. It's interesting. Like, you, you know, you go down this rabbit hole and it just can never, like it can go, just keep going. Right. Like it can reach like no end. For me, like at the deepest level, um, I see myself as like this inherent part of this universe. So the fact that I'm here as a human being, but even if I'm not a human being, the fact that I'm part of this universe means that I'm meant to be here because this whole universe, in my own theory, how I understand it, is that it started with the Big Bang. And this Big Bang started from nothing. But then, from there, everything uh, differentiated into you know trees and rocks and dogs and humans, and we all were differentiated. But we are all still part of this universe. Like we are actually all here as one. In that it all start- exactly. we all started from the same source, but we just got differentiated into different things. So the fact that we are here is actually a big deal. Like we are. The universe, like we are part of this universe. We are part of this world. And I know this might Indeed. seem a little bit woo-woo, a little bit airy-fairy, but I'm just telling you, this is where my mind went during a one-day meditation that I did last year. It was like a 24 hours of silence. Uh, so, yeah, you, you can imagine your <laughs> mind just goes into <laughs> these places. Because I, like, I think I was just sitting on some grass and I was like picking at some blades of grass and I was like, yeah, like we're all here as one, you know, like we are all one big family. And what that means is that we belong. Uh, And and I know a lot of people have challenges with their self-worth and feeling like they don't belong. And I've had that before as well. So having this realization made me see and recognize that I belong. And my consciousness is just the fact that I'm part of this universe. Like I'm a human here living this life, but I am inherently like one with the universe and however you oh my kind of call that so i yeah. am inherently worthy i'm i inherently belong i am special uh i have a place here and that to me is kind of like where the consciousness goes it's like <laughs> this is how i perceive my existence now i hope that answer the
1: question you you could not have imme- i <sighs> asked that question and most times i ask the question like that I I usually don't want to blow anybody out because they're thinking, oh, okay, that's a deep question to ask. But you answered that so profound that that really answers a lot of mental yeah. health um, issues, you know, frankly, because a lot of people go into their days wanting to do the positive mental attitude thing, wanting to watch the guru tell them about business, wanting to do all these things, but where they are at, emotionally they don't feel they belong because of so many rejections so Mm. um that'll segue into i had more questions but that was so profound i'm just gonna skip to this one does your personal mental health optimization carry more importance over your uh your social economic presence meaning Mm. like the way you see yourself and how you carry yourself out in your um, positive vibration um, matters more than how that's how that's playing out according to someone else's perspective, meaning, I guess she's doing this, but I think she should be doing this, you know, and especially you being in business, um, I think mental health, you know, and I know we're really getting on that, is an important part of it mattering to you before it matters to anyone, especially when you're going into business, so... What is your take on that?
2: Mm. Yeah. In, in the sequence of what creates what and what is the underlying foundation, yes. In that, like, mm. I really do believe that our external reality, so our financial situation, our business success, like the health of our relationships, our external world, I believe is very much a reflection of our internal world. A delayed reflection of our internal world, meaning how we think, what we feel, um, the thoughts and images that go through our minds. That is what reflects externally into our world, into our life. So, in the sequence of looking after my own mental health and my own internal world, that is the most important thing. That's got to come first and foremost because how am I going to sustain? Or even build a, a business that is thriving and abundant and having an impact if my internal world is is rocky and is turbulent. Uh, like I might be able to over short periods of time if I like really grind and hustle, but will I be able to sustain it? And I, I believe that our, our business in particular, um, as an example, it can never outgrow us. Like it will always eventually fall back down to the level of our average thinking and doing day after day, week after week. So in terms of the sequence, yeah, it it is the most important thing. Um in terms of like time and actually looking at physical, uh, time and how we divide it up. Like, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm doing meditations eight hours a day and only working one hour a day. Like I'm still kind of like showing up and embodying for the majority of the hours of the day, but it's got to be preceded by the foundation of me starting my day. Like I said before with intention and consciousness.
1: That is beautiful. And that's a beautiful place to end because at the end of the day, Everyone starts their day in this unreasonable amount of goals. But if you don't know yourself first before you start your day, you're just among it. And you're right. If you have great intentions, uh, if you set an intention, not great intentions, set an intention and have have something you're grateful for, it's a really good start to the day. And with that said, I'll pass it back to John so we can Close wrap this wonderful, mind-blowing yeah. session with trying...
0: You know, the good thing about Trang is uh, I know she's doing this thing as a, as a business. But what, but what I like uh, about her is that she's being so true to herself. Everything is real. Everything she embodies is real. You know, especially being one with the universe. You know, that, that was just mind blowing. That's like eye opening to me. You know, it's just hearing you both just woo, <laughs> so much to learn from. And I'm, I'm going to have to play this one again right after I we after we wrap this up. But <laughs> well, wow, you two. So, you know, cheers to you both.
2: Um, cheers. Thank you. Oh, I'm, I'm going to
0: drink
1: my <laughs> bottle <of> water
2: here. <laughs> I've got my 1.5 liter b- bottle of water. It's hydration. <laughs> guys. is right next Health. to me. <laughs> By
0: but the yeah, way, I Trang, know, b- the funny b- thing is, uh, uh-huh, go ahead, Ken. Go ahead. Oh, okay.
1: No, I said I, I asked those questions specifically because it's we're in a, we're in a realm where everybody talks a big game about success, but the deeper roots of success is what you just talked about today. And I'm really thankful that you're able to expand on it in the way you did. So that's mm. um, thank you for sharing that.
2: Mm. Thank you for opening up the space and asking the quen- questions to to prompt uh, where this conversation went. I really enjoyed that.
0: Yeah. By the way, if you don't mind me asking, where where did you meditate for, or the, the the quiet thing for twenty four hours? How, where did you go? Did you like were, you said you oh. were in a field or something, or
2: yeah. So that was actually at a retreat that oh. I attended. Okay, so that you know it was specifically designed to create the most immaculate environment for something like that. We were in this beautiful property on top of the mountain, on top of a mountain in Queensland, Australia, uh-huh. and it was overlooking a valley and the mountains on the other side of the valley. So it was just the perfect place to be on this like sunny winter's day to have 24 hours of silence where we had access to the whole property so we could move around. Like we didn't have to stay in like a seated meditation the whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, But to be able to see like so far into the horizon Uh and to connect to nature, connect back to ourselves and to really open up space for these, for these thoughts. Um, Yeah. That It was such an interesting experience because we didn't know that we were going to have this uh, 24 hours of silence going into the retreat. And then when it was revealed that that was what we were going to be doing – I remember everyone was just like flailing <laughs> like trying to find loopholes was like oh are we allowed to like you know read a book are we allowed uh-huh. to like write in our journey are we, are we journal are we allowed to like listen to music and everyone was trying to find ways to like not be in silence for 24 hours but at the end of the day it that's what it was it was uh pretty much nothing except our own thoughts for 24 hours awesome. not even food
0: oh wow not even food oh so yeah where could, where like, one fasting can just, uh...
1: Where could one find uh, this particular retreat or a retreat like it? Um, because mm. silence is very important. I think one of the questions I was going to ask you was stimuli. I think the stimuli is what pulls us away from who we are. So, yeah, wh- where where could one mm. um, go to a 24-hour silence <laughs> retreat? mm
2: there are quite a few like there are a lot of like meditation retreats that you can go to and they're available all over the world mm. um the one that i went to in particular was actually with my business and life coach who i mentioned earlier at the start who i um cons- who i like spoke to during my quarter life crisis he's actually not running that particular retreat anymore um but shout out to him his name is tom clark and oh he God. is uh, okay. impact nation on social media. Um, but yeah, like there are so many different retreats. Like I run my own retreats as well. And there are elements of that meditation and the reflection and things like that. Um, but yeah, just so many. So what I'd recommend is finding a, a company or finding an individual who you really resonate with. And that may be me or that may not be. And that's totally okay. But someone who you feel you really feel connected to that when you're there, it'll just create this perfect space for you to open up to your mind, to your heart, to your soul. So that's what I'd recommend.
1: Well, you're a super humble person. There's two big things that you skipped over like it was nothing. One, you have your own retreat. Um, mm-hmm. So if you can just let everyone know what that may be, just in case we decide, you know, you're the best one. Well, how would we yeah. deal with to 10-year retreat?
2: For sure. So I, I run two retreats a year, and it's actually part of a bigger mastermind. It's actually part of a six-month um, mastermind oh, for wow. women only. So sorry to you two. <laughs> um, it's actually women only this retreat because this this group is for women who are like on their journey of starting their businesses, attending this retreat, having this space together, um, one-on-one for my one-on-one men- mentoring. I do work with anyone I, I don't believe in like being exclusive in that way um it's just for the retreats like the space that we create it's um this yeah beautiful space for these women um and yeah like they're three uh four days long and it's like this celebration it's learning it's embodiment it's doing challenging things like for example the next one is in october and we are going on the second last day of the retreat we are going skydiving mm. because Oh, mental wait, when we do my Oprah, skydiving,
1: skydiving, sky skydiving. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm doing that, by the know. way, but uh, I just need to do my Oprah on that one.
2: <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, mental, physical challenge. Like it, It's not a boot camp. It's not it, It's not like anything like that, but it's it's to combine all the different parts of us so that we can step into our greatest power. And creates the life of legacy that we have within us, um, and that's why it's called life of legacy.
1: Hmm. The last one, I did you skip by us, and this will end our podcast. Unfortunately, <laughs> you sleep in the nude. <laughs> Is that <laughs> you, you? You didn't think I was. You, there's no way you're not gonna just say that like it was no big deal. Is that? Like, a, you know, just a personal thing you've always done or was that part of this um, coming into understanding who you are and like, a, it's a freedom is what I'm really trying to get at. <laughs>
2: That's so funny. I, I love Besides that. that the up. How, <laughs> it, it's just so funny that, like, within a one-hour conversation that has somehow come up, but it's come up, so it's it's here. I haven't always done that. Um, definitely used to sleep in pajamas growing up, but then I just – remember i think once when i was a teenager on a hot summer day i just stripped off and noticed how liberating it felt and how just how good it felt to not be confined in clothes especially in bed when i guess it's the probably one of the very few times of our day where we can just wear whatever we want so after that night i've pretty much slept in the nude ever since (laughs) I would that highly recommend. Exactly, would highly no, recommend.
1: It's, <laughs> it's funny you say that. I don't know what point in time it was for me, but it was the same thing for me. It was like this, I don't have to do this type thing. And yeah, every once in a while, I think I don't probably do it for the same reasons why I for, didn't do it before that. But yeah, it's very liberating because, it, you know, like I don't wear sunglasses or I don't wear jewelry because, it's, you know, it's not natural. So. That that was definitely um, a, a, another sense of freedom. So I appreciate you uh, sharing that. You didn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: did. I did volunteer that information at the start. So uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> open to it. <laughs>
1: well, we appreciate you. Yeah,
0: for me, I didn't, I didn't went into nude. No, so. no, <laughs> no. Maybe. Maybe one. Maybe tonight. Who knows? You may never know. Tonight yeah Trang, get him tonight <laughs> doing it tonight
1: he's doing it tonight hey. we'll all see next for you buddy.
2: <laughs> we're gonna do hard things right if we want to like grow ourselves yeah so maybe that hard thing is sleeping in the nude <laughs> <laughs> <Please make it. laughs>
0: by the way Trang, uh me and ken we've been friends now for about maybe 26 27 years now so yeah wow yeah
2: this friendship has. I'd love to know how how that friendship first blossomed. Like, yeah. what was the setting? Like, that's beautiful.
0: Well, oh, we, I found him in like in a Bible study group. That's where it began for both of us. Mm. Yeah, he, when I was in the Navy. Yeah. So
1: we we uh, for me, we were I was in the Navy in North Virginia. Um, you know, at that time, you know, you're discovering things, and at that time, I guess I was looking for a sense of purpose and started a bible group uh a bible study and then it kind of went into a youth group and that's where i met john eric we share the same birthday in september so we're september 30th 30th libra bro yeah um and you know what's funny you're talking the 90s up until now the likelihood of staying in touch with somebody then is a little harder because there's a lot more work that goes into it Mm -hmm. but because he's A creative energy and I've always been but I just didn't really tap into it which is why this is a very important podcast for me he's always been doing the things that with you which you're doing like he's always been a part of his creative energy Mm -hmm. and I've always admired that so he was doing the blogging I was busy being a family guy he was doing the all the you know all these different things I was being a family guy and that's nothing Mm -hmm. saying negative about family guy but what you said was, is really important. If you don't put yourself first, how are you going to show up for anybody else? Right? So I, throughout the time, I just really admired him just following his passion, even if it meant a little bit at a time. And Mm. it's because of that reason, while we, we just kind of, you know, we've been best friends for so long. We just kind of did the podcast like three or four years ago and You know, I was like, well, what is that podcast thing like? And boom, now now I'm on it. You know, and I'm a creative energy, one and the same. And like, you're right, we're we're all one unit. Mm -hmm. We just feel like we're separate, but we're really not. We're really all one unit. And what affects me really affects you. And people don't understand that monistic perspective. It's just separatism. And it's really not. If we really pay attention, we're all one. So yeah. Yeah, our our friendship is very great, and I, I love at this point in time, you know, we're sitting up here on a podcast, you know, all these years later.
0: This is Ken's first podcast, so, <laughs> yeah, this is his first oh, yeah. time with me. Yeah, and we're interviewing, you know, <laughs> Trang, this is, this is special, and I'm glad that the, the universe has brought all of us together for today. That yeah, was really cool.
2: Wow. Yeah. Did not expect that because that flowed so well. But I think that's a testament to your friendship and the trust that you have between each other, which I've got to say, I want in on this best friendship. I want in on this. this like, I love you guys. Oh, thank you.
1: There's a, there's a blood thing. So you're going to have to prick your finger like you had diabetes. <laughs> no, I'm just and kidding. Then, you're, he hasn't done that. <laughs> 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 no, but yeah. you know, you're, you're, really, you're really cool. I actually really find it rare um, to randomly find people that are um, into more than just success. And the, reason why, how I, and the reason why I say that is because success in this realm is one thing. Success from the inside without any kind of monetary compensation or monetary value means a lot more. So for you to be able to expand on that so deeply and so openly... Yeah. Uh, yeah you're you're in the best friendship for sure for
0: sure maybe
2: and I really appreciate that because I just looked at the time and I can't even believe it's been already over an hour yeah um i, I have done a lot of podcasts before and
0: uh-huh.
2: oftentimes one hour can feel like a long time yeah. um, you know if if the conversation's being forced or if the questions just aren't that stimulating but this has really been wonderful uh it's just flown by i can't believe what time it is just like that so thank you thank you for that
0: oh you're very welcome
1: skipped over just like you skipped over nude i skipped over that this is my first time (laughs) (laughs)
2: that is it i love that well done kudos all the time fantastic (laughs)
0: all right guys this is uh trang nova once again she is our guest feel free to check out her podcast the align performance podcast over there uh wherever podcasts are heard so thank you again Trang, for joining us for being a part of this a wonderful uh session here that we got going I haven't been on zoom in a while but thank you ken for putting me on zoom
1: (laughs) yes sir Anytime, brother.
0: (laughs) All right. So you guys take care. You have a good night. And actually for Trang, enjoy your morning.
2: (laughs) Thank you very much. All right.
0: Take care.